Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, it's the Freight 360 Podcast. From freight broker sales tips to sports talk, this podcast is all about helping you grow as a freight broker. We're your hosts, Nate Cross and Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Well, depending on when you listen to this episode, Thanksgiving may be in front of us or behind us, but either way, welcome to the fall holiday season and welcome back for episode 167 of the Freight 360 podcast. We got a special one today. We've got some some guests on with us from Loadsure. We'll get to them in just a second. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Book Services. Blue Book is the resource you need if you're transporting fresh produce. Their online database contains thousands of companies throughout the produce industry supply chain. You can easily search their database to generate new sales leads, and Blue Book's credit ratings help you avoid companies with high credit risk. Their team can even help you resolve disputed loads. To learn more, go to ProduceBlueBook.com and click on Join Today. That's ProduceBlueBook.com. All right, so we have some guests with us today, but first I gotta I gotta ask you, Ben, um, how's the weather in South Florida versus the eighty inches of snow that I got here in Orchard Park? It got a little chilly over the weekend. I actually had to wear socks and long sleeves Saturday night for light up night, but chilly for me was seventy four. <laughs> you had almost <laughs> as many. You had probably more inches than we had degrees as of <laughs> right That's around. Very then. very true. Very true. So anyway, we've got a, a special group of guests with us today from Loadshare. So I've got Jim Hyde and Johnny McCord with us. Guys, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on here. Thanks, Nate. Yeah. So for those of you who are, are not aware of Loadshare, I know that your your company name has popped up more and more in the in the last uh, probably year or so, at least from what I've seen. And you guys are, have a really good partnership with DAT, who's a good trusted partner of, of ours. So uh, before we get into today's episode, which is going to talk about insurance and all risk policies and some things like that, just wanted to give you guys a chance for those who who don't know you, um, just kind of who you are, what you do with Loadsure, and um, you know what I guess what kind of expertise you bring to the table. So, Jim, we could start with you. Um, give us just a, a brief rundown for folks that aren't familiar with with Loadsure with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Nate. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, my name's Jim Hyde. Um, I'm the, uh, chief operating officer, uh, and, and co-founder, um, at Loadshore. Uh, been, uh, been employee number one since, since the beginning. So it's been, been a great ride. Um, uh, my background is, uh, worked for DHL supply chain for, for 20 years, uh, started out with a, a very small, uh, trucking company, um, uh, in my, path to through the my logistics career and uh it's all the way uh to running uh, a lot of uh small party uh third party carriers for home delivery uh before i left dhl and then i went to go work for a small freight tech startup called 104 systems and did that for four and a half years 104 started out as a freight marketplace and then visited a bit <coughs> pivoted to transportation visibility and um, yeah, been uh, been with Loadshore ever since. Nice, Johnny. How about you? And you are just to, so the audience understands when you hear Johnny's voice, he's he is not in the same location as Jim. But uh, Johnny, what do you got for us? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, very much on the other side of the pond over here in uh, in London, UK. Um, you know, experiencing weather probably not dissimilar to yours, Nate, but. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm the CEO and founder of Loadshore. It's a very different background from from Jim, um, and that's why we partnered. So I, I'm a London market insurance broker. I've spent 20 years uh, providing uh, freight and logistics insurance to to the freight industry globally, and you know started to specialise in the last 15 years in North American freight and logistics and. I learned firsthand of the pain points of of the freight industry and became very passionate about solving them. You know, at the end of the day, insurance should be here to support communities, and uh, I think uh, the traditional insurance market has you know, done a disservice to the SMBs of the freight industry in particular. And that was one of the sort of core um, objectives of of Loadshore to provide AI powered pay-as-you-go freight insurance that can be purchased at a click of a button as and when needed. So when I was uh, you know, stepping away from, from the traditional insurance market to, to build uh, an insurtech, uh, I realized Pretty quickly on that, uh, I needed you know more than my insurance knowledge of the of the freight industry, and uh, was lucky to find uh, that subject matter expertise in Jim, and off we went on this journey together. So uh, yeah, that was four, almost four years ago, and uh, you know, here we are, delighted to sit on your podcast and you know talk to your audience. Yeah, match made in heaven between the two of you guys. I like it. That's awesome, and it's funny too. Is um, you know like so. Ben and I, we live, what, 2,000 miles apart from each other or something, you know, 1,500 or something wild. And people often think that, that oh, you, oh, you guys probably are located in the same area. And it's like, we're, we're actually not. And I think it's it's fun to me to be able to have a working relationship with someone that is not right next to me all the time. You know what I mean? You kind of have different aspects and you kind of bring something different to the table. So it's cool to see that you guys have a similar similar. Uh, situation as, as Ben and I have. So, well, anyway, before we get into the, the topic on insurance and, and all that good fun stuff, do have to bring up a quick sports update here. Cause we have, you know, we've got a special time of, in the world of soccer actually going on right now. Uh, the world cup has, did it just start? What the, was it this past weekend? It started. Yeah. The opening ceremony was uh, yesterday. Okay. Uh, the first game was yesterday. I think, um, I think Ecuador beat the uh, the home hosts uh, Qatar. As I say, it's in the it's in the Middle East, right? So yeah, Qatar. So yeah. you know what's interesting is uh, one of the one of the funny sports articles I read about the World Cup was that I think is it like Budweiser? One of the big beer companies is a big sponsor, and they're like, you can't even buy beer can't even at buy your beer. stadium. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you know, but the, the English football fans are known for their hooliganism, and uh, yeah, obviously that's fueled by alcohol, and uh, they announced four days before the uh, before the start of the World Cup that there was going to be no alcohol served. So I'm sure there's going to be some frustrated England fans, but uh, they'll find yeah, a way. Yeah, they'll find a way. But we went ahead <laughs> and won our first game, which six uh, two against Iran. So that's always nice, always pleasing. And then we we take on it, the US USA in uh, on Friday. It'll be a big match coming up there. Who's the? Uh, I mean, so I'm not a I'm not a huge soccer fan. I I'll, obviously I'll, I'll follow like the Olympics and stuff like that. But who who's like the favorite team going into it this time around? Um, I think uh, and according to like the sports books, not according to Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't jinx. I wouldn't jinx us. Um, I think France are definitely up there, and um, okay. 
uh, I think, you know, um, Argentina is certainly up there. So Brazil, um, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest football uh, knowledge base um, spectator. Um, but uh, yeah, there's uh, definitely France is in the mix, I think. Gotcha. I'll be honest, the most I know about, and it's funny how the in the U.S. we call it soccer, but everyone else calls it football. Um, I I learned more about that the sport from watching Ted Lasso than I knew prior to. So that's my that's my realm of experience and exposure to the to the sport of soccer or or uh, football as it's known elsewhere outside the U.S. Yeah. Anyway, Ben, your Steelers uh, had another loss this past yeah, weekend. It was an okay the first half. They couldn't hold on to it. The second half is what it is. I mean, yep. the team is what it is. It's a rebuilding year. Can move on. Bills had a bounce back. Got the uh, got the W against Cleveland. So we had a home a home game that couldn't happen in Buffalo because of the snow. So we played it in Detroit, which we actually did the same thing like eight years ago when a, a massive snowstorm came through here. So, um, but either way, Bills are playing on Thanksgiving against uh, in Detroit. Actually, again against the Lions at 12:30 Eastern. So I'll be I'll be kicking off my my Thanksgiving early with um, you know Josh Allen jersey on and something to drink in my right hand. So anyway, anything else going on in the world of sports? Jim, who's your team? What do you what do you follow? What's the what's your go-to? Yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a hockey fan. Uh, okay. So yeah, being uh being in Denver, it's good to see my Avs uh, win the cup last year and Yeah. Uh, yeah, watched uh, watched the game last night. They uh, <laughs> it was four nothing. They they did quite well. So yeah, there you go. It's always good to have a good sports team, unlike the Buffalo Sabers, who every single year make us Buffalonians think we've got a shot, and then we remember that it's the Sabers. So anyway, Ben, let's give a shout out to our our friends at DAT, and then we could talk insurance. Taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT Load Board Network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners, plus you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. And with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Check out the show notes for a free month of Power Express or Trucker's Edge. Absolutely. So without further ado, I know we had a soft intro to Jim and Johnny there, but we're here today to talk about um, insurance and, and specifically the we're going to hit on the, the concept of all risk insurance and kind of how you can use it as a value add to your customers um, as a freight broker. So um, we already mentioned LoadSure is, is the name of your guys' company and um, been around four years or so from what you were saying um, and I do want to mention for anyone, if you're trying to find out how do you, you know, how do I learn more about LoadSure, um, you can go check them out on the DAT1 platform or we'll have a, a link in the description box or the YouTube video show notes or whatever, wherever you're consuming this content, we'll have a link at the bottom there um, to, to learn more about these guys. But so I, I want to kind of start at the, the beginning, you know, you guys already kind of talked about how the company started, but what was the problem that you guys identified that you're like, hey, we need to come up with this company or this product or service and, you know, how like LoadShare was built around that, obviously. But where did you guys, was there a pain point or something that came up or what kind of jogged your or sparked your your interest in putting this all together? Yeah, I think um, well, going going back to, you know, my, my experience as a, a London market insurance broker and, uh, you know, always 
trying to to better serve the the large enterprise uh, customers as opposed to the SMBs, as I as I mentioned. Um, you know the 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 annual programs were very expensive to to purchase, and uh, they gave a broader form, which is the all risk form um, that sat on you know, the first party policy. Um, uh, but that was really really available only to to large enterprise companies that were more sophisticated purchasers of insurance, and uh, you know the, the the SMBs were were left sort of wondering what what coverage they were needed, and you know they were understanding that carriers had you know, MTC policy or the carriers liability policy to to protect them, and it's always sold as cargo coverage, and you know, it's not necessarily fully understood because the liability policy responds. You know, differently to um, a first-party policy, um, and, and Jim, you know, explains this more elegantly than I I do. So I'll uh, I hand that bit over to Jim. <laughs> yeah, and the the real difference it's it's in the name. You know, we're we're insurance guys. We need to we need to make it easy so we remember it. But uh, <laughs> the the uh, motor carrier liability policy it's it's that it's a liability policy for the motor carrier. Uh, so it protects the motor carrier's liability in handling the freight, uh, particularly their their negligence, right? So a motor carrier liability policy uh, would only pay in, in the in the event the carrier has some sort of negligence involved. So they didn't lash or tie correctly, or or there was an accident, or or something along those lines. Um, whereas a an all risk policy, which is which is what what Loadshore provides. Uh, is is much broader form as Johnny said. It, it covers acts of God, loading and unloading, unattended vehicle, fictitious pickup, uh, inside theft. So all, all of these things that that we all know can happen, right? But they're outside of the carrier's control, and therefore the carrier's policy wouldn't necessarily pay on those events. Yeah. So, and I just want to kind of hit on the the concept of of all risk um, and, and kind of how I've seen it used in the past and. Then we can kind of dig into Loadshare's platform in, in particular. But if you think about this, if you've got, you know, if you're a freight broker and you've got a customer that you know that there's a risk of some kind of claim on their load, right? And it could be, it could be that just that, it, hey, this is a very delicate piece of whatever it is, right? And we we can't we can't even run the risk of any kind of loss on this. Um, or maybe it's a commodity that just tends to have a higher rate of claims, like a, a berry or some sort of a fresh produce or something like that. Um, what I like about the all risk policy is you have the ability to purchase for a single load an insurance policy that will take 99% or more of the headaches away from that claims process. So even if there is damage and it's the the carrier's fault because they had an issue with their reefer or you know they didn't properly secure it based on how they were instructed to or what they were supposed to. What I did, what I like is that the all risk policy takes that first position to settle that claim for the customer instead of having to wait what we know can be 6 or 8 months for a standard carrier's cargo policy to settle a claim with a with a customer. And on top of that, when your customer knows that there's going to be claims every now and then, they're going to rather have the situation where it's going to be handled quickly and with as little amount of pain as possible, instead of going back and forth, trying to determine who did what wrong and this and that and the other thing. And 
And, you know, on top of that, they have a freight invoice that they're expected to pay in a lot of cases too. So that's what I like about the all risk policy. And I've seen a lot of brokers where they'll, they'll take whatever the cost is to buy that policy and they'll just, they'll absorb it into their price to their customer. So, hey, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, my my price here for you guys for this load includes an all risk policy that's going to cover everything the carrier has on their insurance policy, but it puts us in first position and it also covers these other things that we, we otherwise wouldn't have covered for you. So I definitely think there are certain customers where it's a, hey, I do it on every single load type of thing. And there's others where you may want to look at that situation and decide, is it worth, uh, or is it a situation where it would warrant the the need or desire for um, a policy? And it's, it's a good place to start too, just to educate your customers or your shippers on what's available and what's out there. Because a lot of them don't know that these policies exist and they, they they'd be willing to pay more money if they can get that added for their shipment. So that's my take on all risk and in general. So Ben, let me ask you this, Ben, have you ever added an all risk policy on any of your customers? Or have you not? I I had a customer um, that would have been like a perfect fit for this. Um, Well, the customer was Alcoa and we shipped a lot of aluminum coils for them, but there were specific aluminum coils that were like way, way higher claim percentage than every other coil they manufactured. And they were the ones going to actually to Colorado. They were going for beer cans. They were the ones that we shipped out the cores and because they were such thin gauge that like no matter what we did to secure them, road debris or something would damage them. Like even like the smallest, like little dent, they said would go so far into the coil because it was so thin and no one ever wanted to take them. And like, this would have been a perfect solution for that because you could have just applied it because we had carriers that didn't want to take them. I mean, they were literally, you know, putting cardboard around them, bubble wrap sometimes, and then tarping them. And still like you were getting these, you know, claims at a much higher percentage than every other coil we ran. And this would have been a perfect solution for that. So then, I'll, I'll add in there too. One of the, at a previous brokerage that I worked for, um, we used a, we had an all risk uh, policy option to add on from another company that I won't name, but we ended up dropping them because they tried to fit everything into a one size fits all box where they said, Hey, here's your price. And you know, <laughs> it covers everything. And then quickly it was like, well, the price is now double and we're excluding all these commodities. And we're like, what's the point of <laughs> like, you know, so what I like about what you guys have done, and we, we've talked quite a bit um, before this episode here to kind of understand your, your company and what you guys offer is, it's not a one size fits all, right? Uh, and I kind of want to talk about what, so obviously being a partner with DAT, if someone's on DAT and they're, they're working on a, a load, they have the ability to add the insurance through LoadShare very quickly and easily, but can you guys talk through that process on how the how the insurance is added and then what goes into the algorithm, I guess we'll call it, of determining what a you know what the cost will be for a specific load. What are the factors that you guys are looking at? Because you're obviously not trying to say, hey, everything can fit all in this one box. It's gonna just depend on a lot of factors. So what does that look like? Yeah, no, um if I I'll I'll talk to sort of the algorithm and the approach and the differentiators to traditional you know, all risk policies and what makes us so dynamic. Um, I think what you know, the, the, the whole core of load sure is to be driven by data and to break 
everything down to unprecedented granularity so that we have a real risk profile and able to provide a risk score to each and every shipment because every shipment is different. Every shipment has you know, a different behavior because there's different drivers, different equipment types. It's going through different different lane, different seasons, you know, crime zones, etc. And, you know, the traditional insurance market, bucket commodities, bucket, you know, a number of risk factors um, to provide a, an overall risk score. But what we do is obviously underwrite at unprecedented granularity to give our customers a true and accurate uh, rate at that shipment level. So therefore it's sustainably priced, it's cost effective, um, and you can buy it as and when you need it within the customer journey of of your platform, which is obviously, you know, DAT here we're talking about. And, uh, you know, Jim is uh, helped design the, the, the journey of uh, embedding us in, in DAT because it's all about efficiency. So, Jim, I'll let you explain how we can uh, really provide this through the platform. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the integration with DAT makes it so easy to be able to add that all-risk policy at the shipment level as and when you need it. Uh, within uh, Edge and, and Express, we're in the tools section on the left-hand side. You just click that tools section. Uh, you click the um, uh, shipper's interest uh button and uh, you're able to purchase a policy. You don't need an account with Loadshore. Uh, your DAT account works with Loadshore. You just go in and buy that policy that you need. Uh, you can you can do it under in under a minute. Uh, in DAT one, uh, where we're both in, in the tools section and, and on that uh, on that dashboard page. Um, so it's very easy. You go in, you ask for the uh, amount of insurance that you need. You pop in the commodity type. The uh, origin destination, you give us the uh, assured's information, which is usually the shipper, um, and uh, you're able to purchase the policy right there. And, and like I said, it takes under a minute. So that's that. I want to I want to talk about that process and what you guys the the details that you're looking for um, compared to what I've seen in the past with other companies that clearly didn't they, they didn't sustain long. Um, with that model because of certain things. Like for example, if you go, if, if me and Ben went to get insurance for our, for our car, right. Or, or for our house, they're not going to say, all right, here's your policy. You both pay the same amount. Cause it's not the same. My house might be different from his house and a different zip code or my car gets driven a different number of miles in his car. Or, you know, we, there's all these different factors and that's kind of how insurance should work, right? The higher the risk of a situation, the more it should cost to insure because it's likely um, a higher percentage chance that there's going to be a loss versus a lower risk should have a lower cost. Whereas I've seen other actors in this in this all risk world where they say they don't they don't ask where the origin destination is or how many transit days or what the commodity is. It's hey, if it's a full truckload, it costs this much. If it's a LTL, it costs this much. So I like that you guys actually put you have an in, intuitive thought process behind you know, pricing out these policies and what you're offering. So um, on that note, is there, are there excluded commodities or is there a certain type of commodity where you're going to assume, um, hey, we can still cover, but it's probably going to be, these ones will be le less expensive or more expensive or how does that, how does the commodity side of it work? For yeah. You? So, so Nate, um, to your point and, 
I have a saying, you know, that there's no such thing as a, a bad risk. There's such things as bad terms and conditions. And, you know, that's what uh, has, has tripped, you know, people up in the past. Um, and we are, you know, data-driven and therefore we are dependent on the data to provide accurate, sustainable pricing. Um, you know, being data-driven, like anyone uh, who understands data and technology, you have to start at a point and you have to teach and evolve your technology and your, your algorithms. And you know, our black box by the day is getting bigger and bigger the more data it in, ingests. So, yes, we have a, you know, a, a broad list of commodities that we cover. There are uh exclusions that uh, we have which ultimately mean there's a referral process it doesn't mean no but our technology hasn't quite got to that point yet for it to look at some of the more complex commodities but in time that will get to that point um so there's a referral process in in for us to then review and put uh, very quickly uh, terms on those commu- excluded commodities or there could be excluded commodities that we just can't touch like arms and ammunition for example um, okay uh, but you know generally we will we will always look to find terms um, and you know put up terms so I think uh, you know one of one of the main um, sort of in importance for us is is to to show show firsthand our value proposition and you know dat have allowed us to do that in 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 their environment for their their customers and you know to your point nate you made earlier is there is there is a lack of awareness of what's out there and i think dat given their reach and their distribution we're able to educate their customers and provide um, education and um, insights on how to be better at mitigating your risk and managing risk. And of course, there's the risk transfer piece, which is the purchasing of, of the policy in the first place. But with with our evolving data set, we're also looking to av- advise and support our customers with actionable insights and guidance as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a growing product to to offer you know customers of DAT. And isn't yeah. that the goal? Aren't you going to be moving to a place where this data is also, or is it already where it's given back to the brokerages so that they can, you know, add value back to the shippers in regards to just the information, right? I know we talked about this a few times where it was like, hey, now you're able to see like what the claims percentage is in these areas this time of year around here, what's going on to have that visibility back to offer that to your customers. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, it's very much, uh, you know, the the actionable insights and the knowledge. You know, we we provide a holistic lens uh, to all our customers to ensure that they know um, what you know what's been covered and what is being covered. And you know, it's 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 a growing growing offering. Um, so we're not you know we'll never be finished um but uh mm-hmm. you know those actual insights are certainly uh you know very advantageous and uh you know it helps us 
continue to provide more cost-effective insurance because it creates a complete ecosystem. Nobody wants to incur a loss in, in the first place, especially not in today's world with the supply chain. Um, so if we can help mitigate that and also help reduce the cost of insurance, uh, then it's a win-win situation uh, for everyone. And I think, yeah, the... The thing that uh, most people you know, don't necessarily have the right coverage in place is because they, they've been fortunate enough not to incur loss. But you know, there's some pretty pretty uh, frightening stats out there with regards to cargo loss. I think you know, last year alone there was almost close to 20 billion of, uh, of value um, of losses due to theft. Um, and 20 billion in theft. In theft, yeah. <laughs> And uh, just under 90% of those claims were through trucking. So, um, wow. And the other thing I want to point out, you talked about the disconnected information. It is, it never ceases to amaze me when I'm talking with a client or even just with a shipper at honestly, like sometimes just shippers lack of understanding of the insurance they think they're imposing or requiring of brokers and carriers, right? I mean, Nate, how many contracts do you probably redline a month that say, we're uh, not a carrier, we're a broker, yep. this this policy won't cover anything. And you yeah. just sit there going back and you ask them, you're like, well, where is this coming from? What risks are you mitigating? And you'll often hear, well, I don't know. This was the document that was created a decade ago that we're just told to have signed. Okay. My, I think my favorite is like, like shippers think that they're like, oh, we want you to have contingent cargo. And they think that contingent cargo is basically like, oh, if it's denied by the carriers, like, oh, we'll have the, we've yeah, got the it's contingent cargo. It's like, right? <laughs> like that's, that's not exactly how contingent cargo works. Like just because, just because the carrier's insurance denied the claim doesn't mean you can come file on our contingent cargo. Uh, there, I mean, every, every insurance policy is only as good as what it includes and does not exclude. And there's a ton of exclusions on contingent cargo policies. I think in the 41 or 42 years that the company I work for has been around, we have had a contingent cargo policy payout once in over four decades. So, but I have seen in my career, I have seen uh, actually one of my, um, one of the brokers in my company, the first load he moved, he did an LTL load in that LTL, in that LTL co-brokerage agreement we had in place, we were able to buy an all risk policy through them and he actually had a claim on his first load. So I've seen all risk policies pay out far more than um, a contingent cargo policy. Contingent cargo policies are super broad and I don't know why a lot of customers like to think that they're worth more than they are, but uh, the reality is an all risk policy on a specific load is exactly that. It's designed for that specific load, not just kind of a catch all blanket to do that. So what I'm curious on is if you guys can speak to it is what is that process look like? So I I buy an all risk policy through LoadShare on DAT for let's say it's a full truckload of I don't know beef lumber and the truck bacon lost or something. <laughs> I don't know right where what does the process look like for the filing of the claim the timeline that's expected and how does you know how does this all pan out in the event that the policy has to be um, claimed on 
Yeah, um, we have a uh, electronic first notice of loss system built directly within our portal. So anyone who buys a, a policy through uh, through DAT through Loadshore uh, will get an email with that link embedded in the email. The link is also embedded in the certificate, and it's available through our website. Uh, but uh, it, the portal asks for some very basic information about the claim. It automatically pulls in the information from the certificate. Uh, we just uh, ask that the claimant uploads a handful of documents. So the packing list, uh, commercial invoice, proof of delivery, uh, and uh, the, uh, adds their contact information. And then all of that information is fed into a decision management engine that we've developed. And that decision management engine will take a look at that claim and determine if it's something that it can uh, adjudicate and, and settle right there. Uh, but if it can't, then it has everything nicely, uh, neatly bundled up together that it, it hands off to our uh, claims administrator and then our Claims administrator has everything they need to kick off the claims process and get that settled uh, very quickly. And yeah, I think mo most claims we we get settled within a couple of weeks. I was going to say, usually I've heard like the goal of an all risk policy is typically like a few weeks, but definitely less than a month. Whereas, I mean, I've seen traditional claims through a carrier's policy that take, I've seen them go over a year. It, it gets wild. Now, to clarify, be, being that you're in the first position, the, the reason that you can offer your policy is that you do also have the, if I'm correct, you have the ability to then go and recoup your, what you paid out from the carrier's policy. Is that how that works? Yeah, we, we will make the commercial decision to uh, subrogate against the carrier's policy. But uh, in all honesty, it's, it's, it, it, most of those we, we let go. They're just okay. not worth it. Um, uh, and um yeah, it, it really depends on the circumstances. If it's worth subrogating, if it's egregious negligence, um, you know, if the we know the carrier policy is going to pay, but you know, a lot of a lot of carriers are our customers as well. So, uh, you know, we have to uh, we have to look at those things as well. So that makes sense. And and they, the most in, important piece, you know, any anyone knows when purchasing an insurance policy is you don't see the value until that claim occurs or that fortuity occurs and uh you know we are very focused in expediting that claim settlement process um you know our again our technology is is you know fairly juvenile um and the algorithm in 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 particular so the more claims we experience the more confidence there is in the model and therefore you know we have and do settle claims in near real time and continue to advance that. So you know, again, it's all about uh, continuing to uh, you know, add customer value, um, putting our customers back in that financial situation they were prior to a prior to a loss, letting them get on with their business, not waiting you know, months and almost a year to uh, have to. You know, sit on a, a claims file. You know, that's our responsibility at the end of the day. We want our customers back focused on their business and doing what they know only too well to do. So let me ask you this. This is, I'll give you a scenario. Um, if, so let's say a customer, customer of mine has a certain commodity that they want me to get moved for them and a carrier that I talk to has an exclusion for that. Can I then buy an all risk policy through load share and that will cover that customer's freight, even though the carrier doesn't 
even though they have an exclusion on it. Correct. Absolutely. That that's okay. that's that's one of the one of the big values that we bring is is we do cover a lot of things that motor carrier liability policies exclude: uh, electronics, alcohol, seafood, uh, fresh and frozen food, uh, wood products, eggs, pro- egg products. I've seen excluded on carrier policies. Mm-hmm. We, we do uh, while well, we do have you know a handful of exclusions, as Johnny mentioned earlier. Um, what we do cover is is really broad in scope, much broader than most of the solutions out there. I mean, that that's huge right there because I've seen so many times and we actually, we have a, um, a listener question. We'll get to it towards the end of the show about this, but so many times I've seen people that they think, Oh, I, you know, I can't find a carrier that like the examples you gave frozen seafood and eggs are like two that I've seen real world in the last year or so that folks are like, man, I just can't find a carrier who, who actually has this cover on their, um, on their insurance policies. So it's good to know that they have an additional outlet there um, in the event that they do run into those carriers that have exclusions. So, Oh, yeah. And it also widens their whole ability to source carriers, right? You can basically put on any decent carrier now because you don't have to dig into that. The other thing I keep thinking about too is, especially in the market when now, like there's a huge value add for brokers that understand this and can convey this back to the shippers, right? Just sitting down and going, hey, you know, a nose towards the end of the year, can I take a look at, you know, how your claims have been over the past year? I mean, I can count on one hand the amount of brokers I know that ask that ever, right? And if you can dig into that and find out that they're pretty high on certain lanes or certain shipments going to certain customers, this is a perfect solution and it doesn't cost the brokerage anymore and it's flexible. So it's yeah. not as if they've got to go. And that was the other thing that I've, same thing, like I had a customer, they we were looking at like over six figures to buy the insurance policy to run for this customer with no guarantee or commitment on the freight side, right? With a product like this, you can have that flexibility. You don't have to outlay that big amount of cash up front either and hope you get enough business to cover it either. Absolutely. And Ben, just to your point you're making earlier, we've got, you know, we've got customers that have expanded their capacity five times, you know, using our products and just given them a, a massive competitive advantage over others that aren't. So, uh, you know, there's a real use case there. I want to say this to the audience too. For those of you who are like, ah, oh, insurance, it's so boring. Well, you probably haven't had a claim or a big issue like that yet. Cause I guarantee you the first time it happens, you will remember and it will leave a, it will leave a lasting memory in your brain. Um, it's like, I, I have seen people that have gone a decade and never ran into a claim in their life. And I'm like, you, you're like the only person that's ever happened to it. And then you get somebody else who first time it happens, they're like, I'm never like, never again, every single time moving forward, I'm going to have this covered on there. Cause you can very, very easily lose a customer over a situation like this. Cause I was just gonna bring that is, up. You know, it's, it's our job as brokers to make sure that when we vet out a carrier that we're vetting out that the customer, the shipper's freight is covered in the event of damage or whatever the case might be. And if we were negligent and booked a carrier that had an exclusion on a of certain commodity and we didn't do anything to fill that void or that gap in coverage, it's ultimately on us. And if we then refuse to to you know make the customer whole, you're definitely going to lose your customer, not to mention potential um, legal action from that shipper to recoup what you were responsible for. 
So I was going to point out, I mean, yeah. I, it's pretty co- it's pretty commonplace for larger brokerages to cut checks to save customers just because do they don't want them to go yep. through the claim process. Right. Like I remember there was a shipment of razor blades at a very, very large brokerage. It got stolen. It was well over six figures, but they were doing a lot of business. And the customer's like, look, if we got to go through a claim process. We're just going to use you know somebody else. And they literally cut the check. It was over six figures and said, look. We're going to go make this whole because the customer's like, hey, look, we'll go through the claim process, but we're not working with you while we're going through it. And it was a tremendous loss if they would have lost that customer. Right. And that's pretty commonplace for for to save the customer to go and eat that loss or at the very least, you know, have to come up front with the cash. Yeah. I mean, I've even had situations where we made the business decision as the broker to cut a check for even a portion of the loss to the customer because the carrier, the traditional claim process with the carrier came back and denied a certain percentage or portion of it. And they weren't going to pay what we felt was truly the amount that that customer was um, you know, deemed as a loss. So we've we've made decisions on that part because what's worth, I mean, is it worth it to write your customer a check for five grand if it means you're going to continue to get a million dollars of business a year or to tell them to F off and then you get no business? Um, so, and, but again, a situation like that could be prevented if you, add this additional layer in there to be able to, to fall back on it, that situation were to arise again. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm often asked, you know, when, when, when should I buy all risk insurance? And you know, it, it sounds of, well, to me, it sounds obvious, but on every shipment you should purchase all risk coverage because, you know, that is, you know, ultimately protecting first party physical loss or damage full invoice value of that commodity being moved. And, uh, you know, there's too many horror stories out there that, uh, you know, it hurts when it isn't insured. Definitely. So we got, um, we're going to get into a couple of Q and a questions here and a couple of them are on insurance. Then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up here, but first we'll give a shout out to our friends over at lean lean solutions group is the industry leader in nearshore staffing with offices in South America, including freight broker back office operations, accounting, tech development, business development, marketing, customer service, and many other positions. To learn more about the vast solutions that Lean has to offer your freight brokerage or agency, visit them at www.leangroup.com. All right, so we'll hit the two insurance questions first here, and then we've got a sort of a prospecting one towards the end. But the first one, we I think we kind of already covered this. One of the This came from our uh, Facebook group, I believe. Can a freight broker purchase insurance for high value loads if the carrier only has $100,000 in coverage? Uh, the quick answer is yes. And I've we've done this a lot at, at my company. But I'm curious, LoadShare folks, um, can you do through LoadShare, can, can I as a broker come to you and say, hey, I've got um, a $200,000 shipment and the carrier's got hundred k Can I come to you and buy either just hundred K by itself or the full 200 K. How would that, how would that work for a per load basis? Um, yes, you can. Uh, our policy, you know, responds from the ground up. So it's the full, it'd be the full 200,000, but it's, it's very, very cost effective. Um, it's certainly more cost effective than spike insurance that you would buy for that, um, additional coverage. But, uh, obviously we just talked about the value add of all risks and, uh, you know, spike is uh, obviously, uh, a, a top up in on top of the, the, the liability policy. So, um, you know, it's a win-win all round. And, uh, so to, uh, to the answer it is yes. 
That's awesome. I've had so. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, Spike, you're typically waiting for that that uh, base policy to answer before the spike kicks in. Whereas, yeah, an all-risk policy, you you file the claim right away. You're not waiting for the carrier policy to to pay or or, or decline the claim. Uh, and, and and that's that's the important thing. You're not waiting for someone to play the Carmack game, right? You're, <laughs> you're able to yep. file that claim right away. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's in, in our best interest to, to pay that claim right away and get it settled. So what's interesting about this is I've seen a lot of times like in the flap out or open deck world where a carrier might only have a hundred thousand or sometimes they have 250, but they're asked to haul a piece of equipment that's valued at like 300,000 or, maybe 200 when they only have 100,000 in coverage, but having the ability to quickly get that quoted and purchase the policy instead of waiting for, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Carrier, can you go quote yourself out with your insurance agent on getting yourself a spike policy on this specific load? It's like, nope, I'll spend the one minute or less whatever it takes to get it quoted and, and purchase it myself. Carrier doesn't have to spend the extra money. It'll be reflected in their pay rate. And the customer, doesn't matter to them. They know they're going to pay a little bit more for a load because it's a higher value insured product. So they don't care if it's the broker buying the policy or the carrier. They just want to know that, hey, is my stuff transported properly? And is it covered in the event of any kind of claim? Um, so that that's like the, the time saving alone in those scenarios, I think is huge. So... All right. Next question. How do I know if a carrier's insurance excludes a certain commodity? Um, well, <laughs> no one just advertises a list, right? So like if uh, typically I think they're, and I'll let you guys speak to it and Ben as well, but there's there's commodities that you'll come to find during your, your journey in transportation that certain insurance carriers tend to not want to cover. And that could be certain types of produce that have a high risk of claims, like your berries, um, strawberries, blueberries. It could be um, frozen seafood, like frozen crab and lobster I've seen a lot of. It could be beer. Um, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole slew of them that are common, but is there, in, I guess, it, so someone asked you guys this question, Jim and Johnny, um, how, what would be the best suggestion if, if they don't know, like, how do I know if this carrier is excluded or not? Do you just ask the carrier? Do you recommend they get uh, it written in writing from their insurance company that it is covered? What's what's kind of a common course of action there? And how do you guys how do you guys go about doing that so brokers know that their product is or that shipper knows that their product is uh, insured? Yeah, um, you know, I, <laughs> to your point, there are those commodities that that are given. You know. You know, there's, it's not going to be excluded, uh, but you do learn very quickly what commodities to look for. You know, you had mentioned eggs, wood products, alcohol, um, the fresh and frozen foods, seafoods, those sorts of things, especially berries and things. Um, the only way to really know, it's not going to show up on the accord form. Uh, you, you have to dig into the policy, um, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, that's that's the only way to, to really know. Um, and um, yeah, how, how we uh, try and, and make that very transparent uh, as, as soon as you go in. And, and so if you're uh, going into DAT and you go and buy that policy, uh, as soon as you pick that commodity, we're going to tell you exactly what's, what's excluded within that commodity type. Um, and for the for the handful of exclusions that that we do have, we're we're very transparent on that. Uh, it should be black and white. What's covered and what isn't. 
Can I, nice. ask, I want to ask you guys a kind of a follow-up question. Do you think that as time passes, shippers will move towards insisting on all risk policies as opposed to contingent um, as it becomes more prevalent? I mean, it's really in their best interest. And it kind of shocks me that to some degree they aren't already. Like if I'm a shipper, I'm absolutely, I mean, as long as I've got the, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't have this on all of it, right? Especially knowing how little contingent pays off and knowing, you know, from the shipper's point of view, how many times they've likely been burned in these scenarios, right? Do you think it's going to be more of a just acceptable reality moving forward? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. And um, I think the, the larger, more sophisticated shippers certainly uh, are more sophisticated purchasers of insurance as well. So, um, yeah, they, they, they might have their own in-house policy, but, uh, yeah, the SMBs, as they become aware that there is actually more insurance products to to better serve them then yeah i think there will be a shift in the demand and uh yeah, requirements of a shipper when handling their their cargo and uh you know this is what uh you know load shores about and our you know our, our partnership with with dat to provide simple access uh to to insurance as and when you need it and uh, yeah, that's going to make a difference. It's so funny. I had there's a shipper that was requiring an eight-figure contingent policy that I saw in the past year, right? And it's like you're going to require roughly ten million dollars right in contingent when you could have likely required probably half a million in all risk, and you would have been far better covered, right? It's wild. I think, the, I think what it comes down to is they just don't they don't understand what is actually covered in a certain policy. They just look at like like Jim said, the accord form, right? Like that insurance certificate will show a policy limit, but it doesn't give mm-hmm. you a narrative on, hey, here's what it actually covers in the event of A, B, and C. And it excludes X, Y, and Z. It doesn't say that. It's just a proof of insurance. Here's my policy, here's who here's the underwriter, here's the dates, here's the limits on it and yada, yada, nothing, nothing in detail. So um, yeah. and the, that's just a lack of education. Absolutely. And the other piece of edu- lack of education is, uh, you know, the tariff that sits behind it, you know, it's not full invoice value. It's on a, on a weight percent ratio. So it's penny on the dollar at the end of the day. So it's crazy not to have, you know, always coverage uh, on your, on your commodities that have been moved. So you, just to clarify, you did say LoadShare covers full invoice value? Correct, yes. Nice. Good stuff. All right, well, the last question here, and this is more on prospecting um, for Ben and I. How how do you find hotshot loads? Uh, well, if this is a carrier, you go to a hotshot load board, like a select this. But it, let's say someone wants to prospect hotshot business, Ben. Um Anything that you know of specifically that is beneficial to them as a broker? I mean, my, my gut tells me like this traditional s- stuff that I would do any other way. Talk, talk to some, um, well, first of all, know the commodities and where they are, but you can even talk to some hotshot carriers and say, hey, wh- what do you guys like to haul? Where do you like to run? What kind of, you know, because they know these locations that they've gone to or delivered to. Um, anything in the hotshot realm though that, you're, that you've seen or... I would reiterate what you just said. First is if you can talk to the hotshot carriers, talk to them, ask them where their desired loads are, where they want to go. I think, you know, some other 
I think obvious niches are white glove usually goes towards um, hot shots. Expedited tends to go in hot shots. A lot of stuff surrounding airports uses a lot of hot shots because of just the nature of the way the freight comes in. So just connecting, I would prospect around them. I would prospect forwarders because even if forwarders might not be tendering them, they are aware of where they're giving them to. Um, That's probably where I would I would start. Yeah, I was going to say freight forwarders and um, really anything around the airport scene tends to be where I've seen the majority of the business move from. So, um, which is why you tend to see freight forwarders that literally their branch name is the airport code because they, they tend to be located in those areas, right? And that's right. A load comes in to a forwarder, gets on their dock and boom, a sprinter van might deliver that out to wherever it's going or a box truck or whatever it might be. So um, good, good stuff. Good questions. Um, well, load sure folks, I know we're going to have a link in our show notes, but is there a, a preferred way. I know you said you can access the LoadSure uh, quoting system right on DAT, but is there another way that they can check out more information on your product? And I know we're going to be releasing a demo on it here um, probably in the next couple of weeks, but is there anywhere you would direct folks to, to learn more? I think um, you know, directly to our website outside of DAT, which is www.loadsure.net, or you can uh, look both myself and Jim up on, on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, find all our company details and, uh, you know, follow us on, on LinkedIn, uh, for, for the latest and greatest, uh, releases that are coming out. Nice. Anything cool that's up and coming in, in the, in the load shore world that we haven't already talked about? Uh, we've, we've got a lot in our pipeline. Um, okay. and yeah, we, we, we obviously talked about our active risk management piece, which is very exciting and, uh, a lot more products to support, uh, the freight industry. So, uh, yeah, best to stay tuned and, uh, follow us on, on social media and obviously get, get all our insights through, through DAT as well. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Jim, any, any last thoughts or anything from you? No, just a really pleasure uh, being on your show. Really appreciate the time, and uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been been great to interact more with the community. So thank yeah, you. we so we love having folks on like you guys. So it's funny because Ben and I we're not experts on insurance by any means. Whenever we get like an insurance question, we always like we give that uh, kind of like that um, little warning sign of like, we're not insurance experts. We're not insured. We don't sell insurance. We can't sell insurance, but here's what we've heard and experienced. So that's why it's always good to have someone on like you guys that can speak directly to the industry and the specific corner of it that you guys operate in, which is uh, with, you know, all risk insurance. So we appreciate having you guys on and, and look forward to some good stuff down the, down the road with you guys. Ben, you got anything last minute here? I would just reiterate that this is a huge opportunity to penetrate your customers and bring on new customers. I mean, to be able to dig in and educate a shipper on something is a huge opportunity. Anytime there's an information gap, anytime there's you know a lack of information, anytime you're seeing a brokerage agreement where they want to onboard you and they're talking about the stuff that we talked about in this episode, that is a great door to open to be able to speak about these things 
talk about how you can help mitigate that risk for a shipper. Because when you're adding value, that's how you get more business. That's how you deepen that relationship. And that's how you get customers in a market that isn't like the one a year ago. The market we're in now, you have to find interesting ways to get customers. You have to get creative and you have to be able to add value. This is a tremendous way to go do this with your existing as well as your prospects, being able to dig into this. And it gives you something else to talk about as well. Yeah, I think the uh, to just to drive the point home with what you said, if a customer gives you a pain point on the phone and it's about claims or how long it took them to get a claim settled, you don't have to like it, the good thing about all risk is that it's a per load transaction, right? Yep. You don't have to say like, oh, we have this ongoing policy that covers this. It's like, no, in the event of any load that you guys have, uh, I, I can get this coverage for you and here's how it works and here's how it protects you and um, how as here, here's how it unfolds versus a traditional insurance policy. So you have the ability to sell on that even though like because load sure is not a you don't have to pay an annual fee and have their covered. You can literally go per load and, and get it quoted out. So you have the anybody, any broker has the ability to go and sell on that. And I can almost guarantee that the vast majority of brokers don't use that as a selling point when it's they have it available at their fingertips. So agreed. Yep. Well, good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Ben, what do you got? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Check out the show notes for links to anything that we've referenced on this episode. And make sure to visit us online at Freight360.net to see our entire library of episodes, videos, blogs, and more. And make sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily and weekly tips and content. If you'd like your question answered on the show, fill out the Contact Us form on our site and we'll see you next week.